At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in. Hour number two of the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And my partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado. And we are joined, like we always are at this time, by Derek Stevens, the owner and operator of Circa, the Circa Resort, Circa Sports, the D, and the Golden Gate here in downtown. And then, of course, the operations manager for Circa Sports, Jeff Benson, along as well. And, gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Um, Before we get into uh, a number of topics this week, I want to talk about first just what the action in general has been like leading up to these championship games, Jeff. Um, I I think maybe from a bookmaker standpoint, you'd probably love to see Tom Brady in here. I mean, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes last weekend in that game. My goodness. But I think it's a pretty good final four that we've got here. What's the betting action been like? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think, uh, you know, hopefully we carry over some of the finishes uh, for last weekend to this weekend. Uh, Obviously, the opening weekend of NFL playoffs weren't great from a competitive standpoint. Uh, All four games last week had walk-off finishes, which were phenomenal. Uh, And we're obviously hoping for two great games this week. So, you know, from a perspective of right over the counter, uh, certainly not a ton of movement um, in the numbers. Um, I think uh, at this point in the season, kind of the numbers are what they are. Uh, when you look at the Ram game, we opened three minus 20. Uh, we took a bet there, uh, took a second bet at three and a half, even money. Um, and then we kind of trended up there uh, for a while. It seems like the market's kind of trading that three and a half number. At one point earlier in the week, uh, we we're the only minus four in the world. Uh, and that got snapped up pretty quickly. Uh, they bought that back uh, on the, uh, excuse me, on the 49ers. Uh, we went back to three and a half. And that's kind of where we've been. I would expect that's where we're close. Um, and then obviously, conversely, when you look at the uh, the Chief game, uh, we opened six and a half, uh, got instantly bet to seven, uh, and that's you know been trading at seven, seven and a half in the market. And I think the bigger bigger mover there uh, obviously is the total open somewhere in the 53 range, uh, and that's been bet up uh, to 54, 54 and a half around town. Jeff, so thinking of the total for that first game, Kansas City and Cincinnati, where it's 54, someplace at 54 and a half. By come kickoff on Sunday, where do you anticipate that total with you guys there at Circa closing? Yeah, I would say it, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to get any less than what it's at now. Uh, I think, obviously, we've seen some sharp play from where it opened. uh, And then, obviously, I would anticipate 
uh, with the way the Chiefs are moving the ball and uh, obviously possibly some game script uh, with how uh, the Bengals are going to need to attack the Chiefs defense, uh, I would anticipate that you would see a lot of overs um, and that we would end up ultimately uh, probably needing the under in that game. Derek, I want to ask you, uh, our friend Chris Andrews was talking about last week if that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game would have landed Buccaneers winning by three, it would have been brutal because that game was bouncing back and forth between two and a half and three all week long, and it looked like it might get there with that incredible comeback that the Buccaneers made. Is that a similar situation for you this week with the Rams and the Niners if that one falls Rams winning by three points? Yeah, I mean, no, no question. I mean, three or four. I mean, three or four. Um, you know, books are in a position where, you know, where you can get sided, and uh, obviously, three is the more likely number. But uh, as Jeff had mentioned, you know, we went to a four. So uh, when we're when these guys are trying to balance the books, we got a lot of plus four money out there. So we don't want to land on a three or a four. Um, so you know, and when you have. You know, situations like last week on Divisional Weekend where you have two games uh, each day and, and this weekend on Championship Sunday with two games, you know, one game landing on the number uh, makes a big, big difference to the book. So, yeah, I mean, we're looking for a decision. And, uh, you know, in one of the games, what we'd, love, what we'd love to see is we'd love to see a decision by more than seven points, whether it's on a total or whether it's on, uh, on a side because – you know, every teaser, you know, you, you, you have a you have a really high high possibility of whether you bet over or under, whether you bet, you know, the dog or the favorite on a teaser, you know, where where you have those games where all sides win. So uh so that's kinda where that's kinda what we're looking at. Now we're really trying to just uh hope we don't get sided on the deal. So, fellas, of these four teams now in these conference championships, whether it be to get to the Super Bowl or actually to win the Super Bowl, do you have any liability with either of those scenarios with any of these four teams? Yeah, we do. We do, James. Uh, you know, uh, as much as I'm a Detroit fan and Detroit Lions fan and a Matt Stafford fan and Kelly Stafford fan and all that, we don't want the Rams to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I can tell you that. We uh, we took uh, we took some big action, you know, in that midpoint of the season when uh, – when the number kind of popped up, Jeff, do you recollect uh, off the top of your head here what was the highest point middle of the season where where we where we posted Rams? Because we got bet we got bet on it pretty good. Yeah, I know at the beginning of the season there were definitely some twenties and twenty fives out there. Obviously, before the uh, the Stafford news, uh, that number crept down. Uh, obviously, with the Cardinals going out, uh, getting in front, obviously in the NFC West. Like you said, I think there was some value there uh, on the Rams middle of the season, and the better certainly uh, you know gobbled that up pretty quickly. Yeah. You guys uh, have uh, obviously location proximal-wise here with Southern California, so it makes sense that you have some liability on the Rams. Do you also have some on the San Francisco 49ers not being as far away? You know, it's not like they're on the other side of the country or anything. And I know there's a lot of local people here in town that are 49er fans as well. So are you seeing, you know, both sets of fan bases come to the window? Well, really, all three, all, all three other teams were in pretty good shape. I mean, the way uh, uh, CB and uh, Matt and the crew uh, book, booked uh, booked this, they uh, they put uh, you know Cirque in a pretty good position. It's just uh, the Rams is kind of where we where we have liability. But I mean, realize you're always going to have liability. I mean, the the, the fact that uh, we've got one out of the four teams where we got some liability, uh, you know, I'd say that's uh, that's pretty good here, the way it's playing out. And what I'm excited about is the way these matchups play out. You know, uh, we we talked internally, and I thought. 
um, you know, when we, when we were down to uh, eight teams, I kind of thought through every one of the matchups because, you know, you guys put you put up the exactas, and, and people bet these exactas like crazy. But I really thought about every one of these matchups, and we really don't have a single matchup that could be a dud Super Bowl. At some point, you know, maybe there are some people thinking, well, the Bengals, maybe they don't have enough star power. But I kind of thought, you know, if the Bengals make it to the Super Bowl, it is a great story. Oh, Joe, yeah. Joe Burrow, I mean, Joe Burrow might not have been that great of a story throughout the year, but 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 if Joe Burrow makes the Super Bowl and and Jamar Chase and and uh and some of this defense, it's it's uh, it's pretty darn interesting. So I think I think every matchup you could you could you could uh, could have conceived a week ago would have been a great one. And I and obviously I, I feel that way uh, here with the, with these final four. All right, James, I'm going to uh, switch over here to uh, a couple weeks from now when we have the Super Bowl proposition bets all over Las Vegas, and I know they've got big plans here at Circa, and if you want to throw a question out there as well, uh, give me just a minute here to find out what is going to be going down at Circa. It's really become a great tradition here in town. Uh, The Super Bowl proposition bets seem to be a bigger and bigger deal every season, and then there's kind of the big reveal Uh, You know, you'll have people lined up, uh, you know, 100 deep at every window, uh, a lot of sharp prop players that go to uh, different properties in town waiting for that release of that proposition menu. They'll go make their bet, a limit bet, get right back in line again, and it's kind of become a big party around town. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, yesterday uh, we tweeted what our schedule was going to be. That way we could give people the opportunity to plan kind of what their week looks like. Um, So for us, uh, starting next week, uh, about by 10 a.m. every day, uh, this is what our intended schedule is. Uh, On Tuesday, I'm going to let Mr. Stevens talk a little bit more about what Circa Squares are. Uh, Wednesday, we will have player to score the first touchdown up. Thursday is going to be Super Bowl MVP. Saturday at 10 a.m. will be two-sided player and game props. We'll have at least 100 of those, and the opening limits will be $2,000. By the time we get to game time, we'll be at $10,000 limits. Uh, And then Sunday, we will put up the rest of the index props, uh, like exact score, you know, exact number of touchdown passes for each quarterback and things of that nature. So that's tentatively our schedule. Uh, Like I said, that's been posted by Circa Sports uh, on our Twitter Uh, And like I said, those will be available both at the counter uh, and on the mobile app simultaneously. James, you going to be flying in uh, for the big prop reveal party here at Circa? Well, I don't think I need to because Circa Sports is actually out here in Colorado. So actually, (laughs) Jeff, I wanted to ask you this, Jeff, thinking about the limits. Now, do your limits vary between the app and coming in person there in Las Vegas, considering you don't have a brick and mortar shop here, but it is mobile. Uh, What are those? What are the different? Do you differentiate between limits on the app there in Las Vegas as well as coming in to Circa Sports or any of the Circa properties out there? And then how does that work here in Colorado when it comes to limits strictly on the app? Yeah, across all properties, you know, for us, we try to make it as easy as possible on our players. So the app limits are going to match what we take at the counter. Um, You know, for us, we've found that to be the easiest manner uh, in terms of writing business uh, and generating handle and volume. Uh, So from that perspective, uh, I would say that when you look at the app uh, or you're at the counter, uh, you would essentially be getting the same bets on a lot of these prop markets. All right, the Circa Squares. We've all been to a a big game party for many, many years when the host has a a board of squares. Now, you've got them actually up here on the board. Explain how that works in a sports book. Yeah, you know, we have uh, we we trademarked this thing. We got a patent on it, and uh, it was one of the innovative things we kind of thought Circa Sports could bring to to, – 
our book, and and I think everybody knows when you go to a Super Bowl party or something like that, you, you, often you can you can uh, put uh, put a couple bucks in and you and you pick a number and you have you know the last number of one team, the last number of another for each quarter and whatnot. But you know it's just so disappointing on Super Bowl Sunday when you pull pull that number out of a hat and you get the five five in the first quarter. <laughs> it's just so you know it just kind of ruins the game. So what we did is you're allowed to pick the numbers you want. If you want a three and a seven, you want a three and a zero. We set the odds on every combination for every team. We could book it here. You could you could bet it on uh, on the app here in Nevada. You can bet it at the counter. And Circus Squares has really turned into be something that's uh, pretty cool. It's kind of interesting because there's a lot of guys, a lot of people having parties. They bet every one of them and they take them home and have fun with. It. So separate odds, and you get to pick the number you want. I love it. We are getting close. Uh, again, the penultimate week in the NFL season. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks for sure, I imagine, for that big game, Circus Squares and all the prop bets. We'll be back with more in just a moment right here on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. Hour number two, and this segment of the Pro Football Blitz is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouches available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Hour number two of the Pro Football Blitz, Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. And James, the Cincinnati Bengals are in a conference championship game for the first time since 1988. They will visit Arrowhead Stadium to face the Chiefs, who are hosting the conference championship for a record fourth year in a row. I made this line three and a half in favor of Kansas City, and apparently I was only about half right because uh, it came out Kansas City minus seven. But my deeper dives into the stats produced Kansas City minus three and a half and Kansas City by minus just a half point. 
And I think most of that is reflective of the Kansas City defensive stats. They are average or below average in many of their defensive stats. And really, these two defensive uh, two defenses, their numbers are pretty equal, uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City. Now, I've seen and heard quite a few sharp opinions on this game, feeling that the seven points is cheap on the favorite, but the number really hasn't budged. We've seen the seven with juice attached on the favorite, and that's exactly where we are Right now, the consensus number, Chiefs minus 7.5, juice to minus 120, with a total of 54.5. How do you see this one shaping up, James? Well, I haven't bet anything I'm looking at. There are some 7.5s out here in favor of the Chiefs. It's juice towards the Bengals as that dog at 120. That's the way that I'm leaning. I'm waiting to see as we get closer to kickoff, how does that number move? Do we start to see some of that juice move? Can I find a better price on that? I'm not going to lay it with Kansas City here. You mentioned the defensive side, and I think my concern with that defense is going back and watching that the the week 17 matchup that Cincinnati came back they were fell behind early they were down two touchdowns in that first half but the second half really dominated play they dominated the last drive of that game to go on and kick that fi- to to make that final score and win the football game without ever giving the football back to Patrick Mahomes and i think that's going to be the best defense for the Bengals is going to be that offense keeping Patrick Mahomes and all those weapons that he has on that sideline that's exactly what happened in that second half only having three drives for Kansas City in that second half in that loss. But thinking about the Bengals and really kind of pretty crafty what they were doing offensively for Jamar Chase. Now, Jamar Chase had a monster game in that matchup. 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. A number of those plays, they were not all air yards. Some of those were just really just his shiftiness and being able to explode off of yards after the catch and some bad, some poor technique and some bad tackling coming out of that secondary for Kansas City. But what I noticed was a lot of times there's a lot of three-by-one sets that the Cincinnati Bengals ran, and the one was going to be Burr or was going to be Chase on that boundary side. And really what they did was having hit, having Chase be that solo receiver on the boundary side, and then they would shift Mixon to that side in the backfield and really put a lot of pressure on the safeties. And in particular, it was really Tyron Matthew, who a lot of times was lined up on that boundary side as that boundary safety and putting pressure on, all right, are they going to double? Are they going to have... Tyron Matthew rotate back and kind of double on Jamar Chase, and they really didn't. They played a lot of man under with Chase, and he burned them. And they tried different. They tried Fenton. Uh, they tried. They they tried basically every corner. They Sneed got beat for a few. Ward got worked in that fourth quarter. Didn't really have an answer at the cornerback position to try to match up with Chase on that boundary side. So I think what I'm going to see here is I want to see how does Kansas City respond this second go around now. No how they got beat in that first game and this is where the only play that I've made so far Brady was to get involved in the prop market it was with Joe Mixon not rushing the football but receiving the football because he I think he's going to benefit in this matchup here when they do go three by one and it is the boundary side where you see Chase one on one I think Kansas City is going to rotate and keep that safety over the top and not let Chase really dominate one on one with that man under coverage with Kansas City because they just can't match up with them 
Well, what's that going to do? That's going to clear out some space there, and it's going to have Joe Mixon, who's going to be lined up on that boundary side in the backfield, going to have opportunities one-on-ones against a linebacker out in space, whether it's out in the flat, potentially as the game progresses, be able to get some bigger plays, maybe some double moves like a wheel route to be able to get out there as they start to get more flat routes. I think Joe Mixon's going to have a big day receiving the football courtesy of Jamar Chase and what happened in that week 17 matchup. That number was sitting at 20. It was at 27 and a half when I first saw it. I went back and watched the film and confirmed it for myself. And then I went back and now it's 29 and a half, but that's where I bought it. I took Joe Mixon over 29 and a half receiving yards. James, it seems slightly situationally that maybe this game favors the Bengals a little bit. The Chiefs come off of that absolutely stunning performance against Buffalo that was just totally wild down the finish, back and forth, and then KC ultimately wins that one in overtime. Maybe they are possibly feeling a little bit emotionally drained after that. And teams coming off of a overtime win in the postseason since 1980, six and ten straight up and against the spread in their next game. The Bengals also have an extra day of rest advantage here, having played last Saturday versus the Chiefs playing on Sunday night. And then finally, when a team scores 40 or more points two weeks in a row, it doesn't always carry over very well into the next game. Now, it only happened one time before in the postseason since 1980, and that was the Buffalo Bills doing so in 1991. They scored 40-plus points two weeks in a row and then ended up losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl as seven-point favorites. And I think this makes sense because when you have a team that puts up 40 or more for two weeks in a row, that number in the following week is probably a little high for that next game. So do you think there's some validity here to the situation maybe slightly favoring Cincinnati for all of those aforementioned reasons? Yeah, I think so, except we're playing for the Super Bowl here. And I think that's where the fact that you're in the AFC championship game and Kansas City just lost to Cincinnati just a couple weeks back and really blew that game. They had a significant lead early, never really got the football and gotten in any kind of rhythm. And all the coaching adjustments were made on the Cincinnati sideline in that game in the second half. Not only were we talked about getting Jamar Chase in single coverage on that boundary side, but also the fact that there were a number of two tight end sets that they ran and Mixon was really involved, both rushing the ball and receiving the ball. I think my biggest pause for concern right now where I'm definitely leaning with the Bengals plus the seven and a half is just that offensive line and the fact that Burrow, they just can't keep Burrow. And we knew it wasn't going to be a good offensive line coming into the season, and they made their choice at draft day and and decided to go with Jamar Chase. And we've seen how sensational he is as a playmaker at the receiver position. Uh, But the offensive line definitely has had its struggles. He was sacked, was Burrow, 51 times during the regular season. That doesn't even count the fact that he didn't play the final game of the season when it was really the, the, the week 18 didn't matter for Cincinnati. And then he's been sacked 11 times in the playoffs, nine of which last week against Tennessee. Now, some of that is on the offensive line. We know it's a substandard offensive line. The other part, too, though, is it's really part of just Joe Burrow and the 
competitive DNA that he has where he's just not he's not wanting to throw the ball away. He doesn't want to give up on a play. He wants to make the big play and the splash play because he's just that competitor and he's got that kind of talent. But I think that's something that they're going to have to coach through as time progresses. But also here, I think that continues to add into my handicap on Joe Mixon being involved in the passing game, not only because they'll run some routes for him and, and clear out with, with Chase getting more double teams on that boundary side, but also the fact that that's going to be your dump off. He's got to make sure that Burrow cannot take nine sacks in this game like he did last week. Not quite the same front uh, in Kansas City that we see here, that we saw last week against Tennessee, but he's going to have to check down a little bit, be a little quicker with the football. I think that's where Joe Mixon is going to be able to take advantage of it. But to your point here with the Chiefs, do they have a bit of an emotional letdown considering what happened last week? Potentially. Might take them a drive or two to get themselves geared up, but the crowd's going to be there to help them do that too. It's a tremendous crowd there in Kansas City, and the fact that I think Kansas City loss, especially the way that they lost a couple weeks back against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know if I, I can't, I don't know if I can really factor that in. I mean, this is to go to the Super Bowl, Brady, so I think most times I might consider that, but in this case here, too many factors, I think I'll just pass that and not check that box when it comes to the handicap of this game. Yeah, I don't know about a full letdown, but certainly maybe starting off a little sluggish because that, that was right. pretty incredible last week, so maybe that translates into looking at the Bengals in the first half. You also talk about all the sacks that Joe Burrow has suffered in the postseason and throughout the regular season, really. Um, the Chiefs are one of the worst in the league at sacking the quarterback. 29th in the NFL at just 1.8 sacks per game. So uh, I don't think they're going to get nine. Maybe they'll get three or four, but uh, Joe Burrow ought to be up upright a lot more in this game uh, than in the past. We'll see if that holds true for the Kansas City Chiefs and their lack of a pass rush. We'll come back with more on this game in just a moment. Tyler Dragon joins us next here on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, total, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that vsin is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you talking AFC Championship in the last segment, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. And now we want to bring in Tyler Dragon. He is a longtime and award-winning sports journalist. He's an NFL insider for the USA Today, and you can follow him on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon. Tyler Thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And let's carry on the conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. I was kind of talking about the Bengals may have a little bit of an advantage here situationally. They have one day extra of rest playing on Saturday versus Sunday in the case of the Chiefs. The Chiefs, maybe they are a little bit emotionally drained for the first half of this coming game or something after just a wild affair last week. Uh, obviously, the Bengals are an underdog here, but maybe the situation is in their favor just slightly. Yeah, and the Bengals are coming in a confident team. They just beat the Kansas City Chiefs on January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium. Obviously, this game will be in Kansas City 
a totally different environment. But this Bengals team should be confident and motivated, uh, given the fact that they just beat the Chiefs this month. And Jamar Chase, he knows he has a matchup advantage versus the Chiefs secondary. He had a record-breaking performance against the Chiefs, 266 yards, 11 receptions, and three touchdowns. The Bengals, they have an advantage on the outside at receiver. Those playmakers on the outside are just as good as the Chiefs playmakers on the offensive end, uh, headlined by Jamar Chase, who probably is going to get NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Plus, you have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. T. Higgins was a 1,000-yard receiver. And not to mention Joe Mixon, who is a Pro Bowl running back in the backfield. So this Bengals team, like I said, they are confident. They are the underdog. Do I think they'll win tomorrow? Probably not, but I would not be surprised if they pulled off the massive upset because they do have uh, an advantages over a chief's defense. That is not all that great. Tyler. So let's dig into that a little bit. Thinking about that, win that Cincinnati got that clinched the division for them in the AFC North with the win in week 17 over the chiefs and looking, going back and watching that really noticing, you mentioned that the, the spectacular game that chase had in that matchup, but a lot of times he was that single receiver on that boundary side and Kansas city didn't really roll a lot of safety coverage over there. They did a lot of man coverage with them, single coverage with chase and chase ate him up. I feel like they're going to have to see some safety coverage over the top against chase this time. And to me, that's where we're getting into the prop market here with Joe Mixon. And this is where one of my plays that I'm looking at, I think Joe Mixon is going to be featured in the pass game in this in this contest. He had seven receptions for 40 yards the last time they played a few weeks back. I think he's going to have a sensational game. Those safeties really have to be matching up and mindful of Chase and what he did last week. How do you see Joe Mixon being involved in this offense on Sunday? Oh, yeah, I do think Joe Mixon is going to be heavily involved. You're correct. Um, I, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, my game plan would be to take Jamar Chase out of the game. He's the player that can probably end up beating you like he did earlier this month. So I expect a lot of cover three and a lot of cover two zone defense and light boxes, and that will cater to uh, Joe Mixon, and those are strong running possibilities for the Cincinnati Bengals. And Joe Mixon, he's a very capable running back, rushed for over 1,000 yards for the third time in his career, made the Pro Bowl this year for the first time in his career. So expect Joe Mixon to have a pretty good game and the Bengals to kind of feature him, knowing that the Chiefs game plan will probably take Jamar Chase out of the game. But even then, that is going to be a tall task for the Chiefs because they're corners are probably not as good and skillful as Jamar Chase. Tyler Dragon is our guest. He is an NFL insider for the USA Today, and you can follow him on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon. Tyler, let's switch over to the NFC Championship. That will be the late game on Sunday down at SoFi Stadium, the Los Angeles Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers. We, of course, know division rivals that uh, this will be their third meeting of the season. The Niners are 2-0 and so far. Uh, the 49ers have basically been a three or three and a half point underdog in each of their meetings this year. And yet the Niners have won the game outright. Uh, and here they are as a three and a half point underdog. Once again, um, I just think the spread should be closer. Is there something I'm missing or would you agree? 
I uh, would agree. I'll actually be at the game tomorrow at SoFi Stadium. The 49ers have beat the Rams six straight times. The last time the Rams beat the 49ers was in 2018. This team has really had their number because they've been able to dominate in the trenches. The 49ers, they have been able to be successful is because they are the more physical team on the gridiron week in and week out. On defense, their uh, front seven is dominant. Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and not to mention Fred Warner. He does not get enough praise. I think he is arguably the best running back. I mean, sorry, the best uh, linebacker in the National Football League. So they have been able to dominate and impose their will versus opponents, and that's why they've been so successful. And then in the offensive end, the offensive line has been able to create a push, and that is allowing Elijah Mitchell and even receiver uh, Debo Samuel to get some carries in the backfield and then able to accumulate yards. And so the 49ers, why they have been so successful and why they're in this position is because they've been able to be the more physical team versus their opponents. And the Rams, they uh, that's a matchup nightmare for them because the Rams, a lot of times they're a more finesse team. They have a lot of, you know, skill position players. And, but when it comes to being physical, the 49ers, they're probably, I would say the most physical team in the national football league and definitely the most physical team left remaining in the playoffs. And thinking about the Rams, and I agree, I think they're they're very finesse versus the physicality, and that's the identity of the San Francisco 49ers, just being tougher than you are and then their opponents mm-hmm. up front for 60 minutes. But thinking about the Rams last week, getting Cam Akers back the last couple games and really trying to feature him last week, especially when they got the lead, he had 24 carries but only was able to rush for 48 yards, plus the fact that he put the ball on the ground twice. Very key situations exactly. last week, too. I'm wondering, what do you think Cam Maker's role is going to be in this. You have Sony Michelle there. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's performed well in the playoffs in the past. Do you expect to see Cam Akers out there being featured as much as he was last week against Tampa Bay? I do expect him to be featured a lot tomorrow, but if he starts being loose with the football the way he was versus the Bucks, I do um, think he'll have a short leash. Um, but this Rams will go as far as you know, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford will take them on the offense. And I expect Cooper Cup and even Odell Beckham to have a big game. But more importantly, what is this Rams defense going to do? Uh, Aaron Donald, I covered him in the past. I covered him this week leading up to the game. And he really wants to get into the Super Bowl. Uh, his, obviously, he went to the Super Bowl once, lost. This will be the, the second Super Bowl he's able to get there. But he's been more vocal this week and really motivated to get this team over the top and have the Rams be the first team in NFL history to not only host a conference championship, but then host a Super Bowl in their own stadium. So I I do expect, you know, the stars to be the stars uh, for the Rams, but it's going to take, you know, a good effort, especially by Matthew Stafford in the passing game. I don't expect the running game to be an, an explosion against this 49ers team because Their front seven is so good. The 49ers' weakness on defense is their secondary. So if the uh, Rams are going to win, it's going to be behind Matthew Stafford and the passing attack, plus this Rams' defense showing that they have stars over there in the Von Millers, 
in the Aaron Donalds and in the Jalen Ramseys. Tyler, just about 30 seconds left here. Let's get your prediction for this game. You said uh, the Bengals could pull the big upset, but you probably expect the Chiefs to won, uh, to win that game. How about a uh, final score between the Rams and the 49ers? Okay, so the Rams and 49ers, I have the Rams winning 27-20. to 20, And quickly in the Bengals-Chiefs, I have the Chiefs winning 34-23. to 23. All right, very good. So the Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl, according to Tyler Dragon, and what a game it was we saw a couple seasons ago when they put up over 100 points, I believe. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, enjoy championship weekend, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you soon. All right, great job. Tyler Dragon, good stuff. Check out his stuff in the USA Today, and follow him on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon. We'll be back with more, taking a look at the prop bets as well for the Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. Got to get to that market right here on the Pro Football Blitz. We'll be right back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join the playoffs action with the Supercuts Fantasy Super Series. Play free fantasy football and basketball in this eight-part contest series and compete for a cut of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Supercuts now to get in on the action. It's not just any haircut. It's Supercuts. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. James, the bad news for the Cincinnati Bengals, despite covering six straight games against the number, is they were outgained by both the Raiders and the Tennessee Titans in their two playoff wins so far. They also give up the sixth most catches in the league to the tight end position. So it could be a big day for Travis Kelsey. They also give up a lot of catches to running backs out of the backfield. And we have really seen the emergence of Jarek McKinnon for that Kansas City Chiefs offense as of late. Is this an area you think we kind of talked about the 49ers going over the middle? That's really a weakness that they like to exploit in that 0-15 to 15 yard range. Jimmy G finding those passes over the middle to try and break up that Rams defense. It looks like plays out of the backfield to the running backs and the tight end could be a spot where Cincy is vulnerable. 
but definitely vulnerable there. It's going to be interesting to see when Cincy goes dime, especially on third down if it's third and long. They go into their dime package, and Trey Flowers has matched up a lot. He was matched up a lot on third down in the plays that he was in there as the dime, as that dime corner coming in to match up against Kelsey. Now he's obviously, as far as the physical nature of Kelsey, it's tough to match up when Trey Flowers isn't very, he's not very stout, but when it comes to size and long arms, he's six foot three, he's got long arms. And I think from that standpoint, he really was on the hip of Kelsey and a lot of those third downs and really limited. Kelsey had a couple catches early in that game, but didn't do a whole lot as the game progressed when they did go to those dime packages. So I think I'll probably stay away from the Kelsey piece. His numbers are sitting up there uh, roughly 75, 76 and a half, somewhere around in that area. I just don't know for Kelsey's sake if they do go dime. I think that's a difficult matchup in a sense because Mahomes will go away from it. He'll look and we know with Patrick Mahomes that he's, he's so savvy not only to be able to read at the line of scrimmage what the defense is in and and however they're trying to disguise coverages but being able to extend plays and ad lib plays I think maybe more so McKinnon being a bigger factor in this game coming out of the backfield I know that Clyde Edwards Hilaire will be back but I don't know how much I really don't know much how much Andy Reid trust him in these situations here. It may be more with McKinnon and his speed and his versatility, not so much running the football, but catching the football out of the backfield. I think McKinnon with that speed and being able to get in space and get in some of those some of those holes in that in the middle of that Cincinnati zone defense, I think there might be some opportunities for, for McKinnon to make some plays in the passing game. Home favorites closing at seven points or more in the championship round since 1999. They are 12 and five straight up, but just six and 11 against the spread. However, like in the wild card round, James, you recall the team that covers the spread typically wins the game outright, meaning when favorites win, they cover, and when underdogs cover, they go ahead and win the game outright. It's 35 and five. Over the last 40 conference championship games, nearly 88% of the time, just pick the winner of the game, and you're likely going to have the spread winner as well. All right, let's shift over to the prop market, and one that caught my eye, uh, I thought the number seemed a little bit low on Joe Burrow passing yards total at 288.5. Now, I haven't played this, but I would probably look to the over just looking at what we've seen this guy do the last five or six weeks of football. Yeah, and the fact that Kansas City just it this is a really tough matchup for Kansas City. You think about not only with Chase, but the a, a plethora of receivers out there that are playmakers and then the X factor to me is Joe Mixon and his involvement in the passing game in this matchup. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Mixon to make some big plays receiving the football, adding to those yards for Joe Burrow. And so I I don't want to get in front of Joe Burrow right now. The call, I know there's he's going to take some sacks and I think that's just part of doing business of being Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals offense. They're not afraid to take the sacks as long as he can get himself back up from getting un, getting buried by some of those lines that that uh, you know they're getting in his face but I think for Burrow the fact that the confidence that he plays with back there and the, his just that DNA that he's made up with as a competitor to want to make the big play doesn't want to just he's not wanting to throw the football away he's not going to want to waste down he just doesn't waste downs it's just not in his character right now as a young quarterback in the NFL Brady so yeah I think with the number sitting there around two I see a 287 and a half right now at MGM, so 
I, I'm not going to go under as far as that matchup is concerned. James, you and I liked this one last week, Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady going at each other in Tampa Bay, and it was the longest completion for either quarterback was at 38 and a half yards under or over. I think I'd probably, and it cashed to the over on both of them, Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady last week. I think I'd go over on both of them again, Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Yeah, they're both sitting at 38 and a half. Relatively, there's some juice towards Burrow's side. And even if it's not yards down the field, you know, air yards over the top sure. because they are going to play some safeties. It Just the, the playmaking ability, not only of Chase Higgins as well and being able to get out in space and make guys miss. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Mecole Hardman, the, you name it. Pringle can make plays and, and beat you with his speed. I think there's just so many playmakers that you make one guy miss and they're off to the races for a big play. So I I agree. 38 and a half for both of those guys. I think both of them will find some big plays in the passing game, not just once. I think they're going to find multiple big plays in the passing game. I definitely would favor the over for both of those guys. Their longest pass completion sitting around 38, 39 and a half. 38. I see a 37 and a half in particular from Holmes. I like the both of those over. Uh, Jamar Chase, his receiving yards total at 86 and a half. I would lean over that. Travis Kelsey, we talked about him last week. He was at like 70, I believe, 70 and a half. And I felt that was just way too low. He did eclipse that. Now, they needed probably, I, I, it was that, I believe, final 13 seconds where maybe Travis Kelsey got over 70 yards. It's ticked up here in this one, 76 and a half. But we know Cincinnati's, uh, their weakness in defending tight ends. Um, you're on a uh, prop bet for Joe Mixon as far as uh, receiving yards. What about rushing attempts? 15 and a half is the number. And I think there's something here. I, I mean, it could be a huge day for Joe Mixon, James. Uh, I, I think I like your thinking as far as receiving because we know how Kansas City is going to have to focus on that tremendous receiving core for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So maybe they dump off to Joe Mixon quite a bit uh, out of the backfield in the passing game. But I also think Zach Taylor's probably going to want to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines and feed this guy the ball quite a bit in the running game. Under or over 15 and a half rushing attempts for Joe Mixon? I f I'd lean towards the over because, yeah, they know that their best defense is to continue to maintain possession of the football offensively and keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And that lends to you're going to have to rush the ball, especially if we start to see in this game that they're going to have to play different coverage on Jamar Chase than what they did the last time out. There was not a lot of safety help on that boundary side when it was just that he was the solo he was the solo receiver on that boundary side and that's where they get a lot of the bigger plays, the consistent plays. I know there was one big play that was that was on the play side, but outside of that a lot of times he was matched up single coverage alone on that offside line and they're going to have to keep those safeties back over that side and I think that's where you're going to if you don't have that safety in the box, uh, you're going to have attempts. And I think I'd rather look at the attempts for Mixon and to go over that than the rush yards. And the rush yards, yeah, 58 and a half, 59 and a half. I see a few, a couple of those out here. Uh, I just feel like, I just don't know if I trust that offensive line to get enough push to be able to create bigger gaps and bigger holes for Mixon. But as far as committing to that and getting 15 and a half carries, that's where I'd lean. I'd like, I like the over of the attempts rather than his actual rushing yards. 
how about this one as far as who will have the most rushing yards in the game? Joe Mixon is the favorite at plus 175, but we saw Patrick Mahomes run up and down the field in that first quarter against the Buffalo Bills. Patrick Mahomes to have the most rushing yards in the game is plus 650. I don't know if that's the worst bet in the world. You can't imagine Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have a ton of rushing yards. You're talking about Joe Mixon. Who knows? But, I mean, Mahomes could Mahomes could have 80 yards rushing and win this. As long as it depends on the coverage that we're going to see out of, out of the Bengals. And are the Bengals going to play more zone and keep everything in front of them? That's kind of been the M.O. for most teams this season. It's, hey, we're going to keep our two safeties high. We're going to force you, Mahomes, to be patient and make plays underneath. And anytime you have, you're sitting in more zone coverage, you have more eyes in the backfield as opposed to man turning and running back. And we saw that a lot with Buffalo last week. Mahomes is able to take advantage of that. I'd probably lay off of that one because I want to see the coverage out of Cincinnati. I suspect we're going to see a lot more safeties high and more eyes in the backfield to prepare for that. All right. When we come back, we get into our best bets for the weekend. We've got plays in both the 49er Rams game and also some plays on the Chiefs and the Bengals. That'll come up next. Again, our best, best segment right here on the Pro Football Blitz at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 